Funny, I can't remember what I had for lunch, but I remember Joe the horse a half century later with exquisite detail. I can still picture his muzzle with the tufts of stiff hair poking out, his pot belly, his deeply swayed back, his gentle brown eyes. The picture of that horse is indelibly etched into my memory as though it were my own hand I was gazing at. Joe is a part of me, I guess. Joe was critical in molding the person I became. But back then, I just thought Joe was a horse that nobody loved, except for me. I was nine years old when we moved from Tennessee to Illinois. A painfully shy child, I wet my pants in third grade rather than dare raise my hand to ask the teacher if I could go to the bathroom. Another terrible humiliation occurred in first grade in Memphis. The teacher paddled me in front of the class because I didn't turn my head away from the window during nap time. This was in the good old days when teachers had the right to wallop miscreants in their classrooms. One moment I was contentedly gazing out the window, daydreaming about the sun, the sky, and the shapes the clouds made. Next thing I know, the teacher hauled me to the front of the room as an example to dissuade children from following the certain life of reprobates and felons that my delinquent behavior foretold. Maybe that experience is what shaped me to homeschool my own children one day rather than subject them to public school. Anyway, I don't think I was very sorrowful at age nine to leave Memphis behind, particularly when I discovered that there was a horse farm a mile from our new house in the Chicago suburb of Chazick. We lived on Narrowway Road, which is a major bustling busy highway now. Fifty years ago, it was a two-lane highway, and I knew not to go near it, but Chazick itself was nothing like what it is now. I was horse crazy. I was a very good artist, and when I wasn't reading about horses, I was drawing them. You cannot imagine my delight when I discovered that horse farm. On the other hand, had my parents closely examined Burton's farm before letting me head off on my own to visit it, they might have experienced a slightly different emotion, like horror. My mom practiced a form of parenting she calls benign neglect. Many of the parents of the 50s and 60s practiced this type of child-rearing. Basically, she shoot us out the door shortly after sunrise in the morning and sometimes even locked it. We were expected to stay alive as well as possible, and she would unlock the door for meals. I thought she was a very good mother, and I loved the freedom. If we were in danger of dying, which frankly we often were, we lucked out because I can't think of a single one of us who suffered from this system. Understanding this background casts light on why I walked a mile to the farm alongside such a busy highway all by myself at age nine. I planned to muster every molecule of bravery from my pathetically timid soul and ask the horse farm owner for a job. Now, even naive as I was, I knew it was unlikely they would pay money to hire a nine-year-old girl. I also knew not the slightest thing about horses, except that I loved them and would do anything to be around them.
So that was my plan. I would offer to do anything in exchange for being near the horses. Let the chips fall where they may. I headed out to the farm. I don't even know if my mother knew where I was going. She may have, but in all likelihood she did not. She wouldn't miss me till dinner time. As I approached the farm, crossing the last street of the neighborhood, the glorious farm opened up like a vision before me. Now, mind you, to most people, that glorious vision was a falling down, discrepant barn, barbed wire fences with rusty posts surrounding several fields without a single blade of grass, knee-deep mud, and some dusty trails that lined the edge of the pastures. The horses were a motley collection, one neigh away from a dog food can. 